the Department of Health and Human Services recently created a new healthcare industry cybersecurity task force made up of nearly two dozen leaders from the government, technology, and healthcare sectors. The creation of the group was called for under the Cybersecurity Information Sharing Act of 2015, which was signed into law late last year by President Obama. The task force is to examine, among other things, the cyber challenges facing the healthcare sector, as well as the lessons that the sector can learn from other industries. The group is expected to report its findings to Congress and to the public next year. I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with David Finn, Health IT Officer at security vendor Symantec. David was recently named to the new HHS Cybersecurity Task Force, and he'll describe what he hopes to contribute to the group, as well as discuss some of the latest cyber trends we've been seeing lately in the healthcare sector. So now, David... Congratulations, first of all, on being named to the new task force at HHS for cybersecurity. Tell us a little bit about the mission of this new group and why you wanted to be part of the group and what you hope to contribute to the effort. The task force was created out of Title IV, Section 405 of the Cyber Information Security Sharing Act. And the task force has a, has a one-year charge and a required report to Congress on three key areas, how industries other than healthcare uh, have implemented strategies and safeguards for addressing cybersecurity threats with, within those industries, and number two, the unique challenges and barriers that private entities in healthcare uh, face securing themselves against cyber attacks. And finally, challenges that HIPAA-covered entities and that's providers and business associates face in securing network medical devices and other software systems that connect to an electronic health record. And additionally, we've been charged to develop and deliver information that the Secretary of HHS could disseminate to the healthcare industry and all shareholders along the continuum of care and the continuum of data in the industry for the purposes of improving their preparedness and response. And finally, a, a plan for implementing Title I of the Act so that the federal government and the healthcare industry stakeholders can share actionable cyber data in real time. But I think the first thing we will be starting with is a look at industries that have more successfully wrestled with the issues of security, and those may be industries in this country or abroad or sectors that we don't typically think of as as being high-risk or security-focused, but have accomplished that and thus have stayed out out of the headlines. I think that will be our initial focus, looking at who is doing security well and then overlaying some of the particular barriers and challenges unique to healthcare uh, that are going to need special cases or special requirements. So now, David, what made you interested in joining this group and what do you hope to contribute and what do you hope to learn from it? The appeal to me, I think, was, and and I've been in the industry for over 30 years, and I've been in the provider space for about 25 years before joining Semantic. And if you've been around healthcare, you know one of our issues is 
silos within providers and certainly across providers and then along the whole continuum, whether you call them your partners or business associates or other caregivers. And so I think the point of the task force and, and the thing that interested me and intrigued me is we're not going to sit down with a group of providers and say, how do you fix security in the hospital or the clinical setting? And we're not going to sit down with some clinical application vendors and say, you guys need to fix security. And we're not going to sit down with some security vendors and say, you guys do security, you need to fix security in healthcare. We're bringing all those groups together. And that, to me, is kind of the shift that we have needed in healthcare. If we're moving all this data, and, and we certainly talk about interoperability from a business and clinical perspective, but if we're going to move all that protected data and share all that protected data, it's going to take those same stakeholders to address the security around it. And that's what the task force does in my mind and why I want to participate. It's the providers, it's the business associates, it's software makers, it's security vendors. And we're going to look at it from, I hope, a higher level and multiple perspectives instead of our own personal backyard. So now, David, as you know, last year around this time, we saw some major hacking breaches affecting major health plans. And now in recent weeks this year, we've been seeing a number of hospitals hit with ransomware attacks. So far, only one hospital that we know of has admitted to paying extortionists to unlock its data. What do you make of these attacks that we're seeing lately do you think they're going to escalate? And what do you think the Cybersecurity Task Force might do in terms of looking at this and perhaps how the healthcare sector can sort of deal with this? Everyone thinks the, the ransomware is, is a new issue. And while it's, we've seen a resurgence and a rise in it, we've actually been seeing this uptick in ransomware over a two-year period. And we can't forget that ransomware actually first kind of appeared in the world in 1989, but it was before all this hyper-connectivity. In fact, the first ransomware was actually spread on floppy disks. I don't even know if anyone remembers floppy disks anymore. And it it took your uh, files and renamed them and put them in hidden directories until you paid the ransomware. Needless to say, it was not very effective because it relied on floppies. In 2005 and 6, we started to see the ransomware come back, particularly around the computer locker. And then in 11 and 12, we saw the crypto locker, the data locking. And we certainly have seen a huge resurgence, particularly in healthcare. And we see the ransomware in the countries that have stronger economies and more money, which is not really a surprise because they're trying to to extort money. And surprisingly, I think I've seen numbers as high as 40% of the victims are paying ransom. So the fact that one hospital paid it in, in a kind of a dire situation is sad, but it really is indicative of a, of a much bigger problem. And I don't think it's going to go away as long as people can make money. Now, how the task force addresses a particular problem is probably less relevant than how we escalate and elevate our general preparedness around cyber incidents and cyber responses. 
even if we could solve ransomware, there's going to be the next threat. And after we solve that one, there will be another threat. And it's kind of the pattern with the ransomware. The, the computer lockers became less effective. And so we saw them move to this data locking technique. So the specific problem isn't the issue. It's creating a posture across the industry that is really focused on security and not compliance, which we have done kind of a, a disservice to ourselves by saying, let's get compliant with HIPAA. Let's meet the requirements of high tech. Let's check the boxes on the omnibus final rule when we should have really been focused on assessing our risks and threats, prioritizing those vulnerabilities and threats, and planning for what's going to happen next. Now, you also mentioned that the task force will be looking at medical devices. What kinds of medical device cybersecurity threats these days scares you the most? And also, is ransomware something that medical devices are vulnerable to? Anything with an operating system that connects to the Internet is vulnerable. And to me, that is the most frightening part of the medical device issue. You know, everyone always asks, well, medical device be targeted in these attacks. And I really don't believe anyone's going to go after a particular pacemaker or a particular ventilator. Those are wonderful Hollywood scenarios. On Homeland, we saw the Vice President of the United States assassinated that way. But what's much more likely, and we've actually started to see it in the wild last year in 2015, is the medical devices, because they're so poorly secured and lack basic security, they become the entry point for the attack. So somebody can attack a wireless medical device, get onto it. Now they're connected to the hospital's network, and they leap from that device to the hospital's network where all the good stuff is. And, and so that's probably the most likely use of these medical devices rather than a targeted attack. But we are beginning to see the devices used as a entry point for, for malware. So, David, when it comes to the healthcare sector, where do you see the biggest gaps in terms of the knowledge, experience, and skills needed to deal with these cyber threats that we're seeing? And what should healthcare CISOs and other security professionals in the sector be doing right now to get better prepared to deal with these threats? You know, across the board, uh, all industries, there is a staffing shortage and a, a skill set shortage for cybersecurity people. That is exacerbated in healthcare because we tend not to pay the salaries, we tend not to have the focus on security, and we tend not to put our budget into security even if we are investing in IT for other things, which we certainly do see. The investment in EMRs, we certainly continue to see the investment in medical devices like MRIs and PAC systems, all of which, again, connect to the, to the hospital network. So the CISOs can be prepared from a technical perspective if, if they have the budget and the staff to, to prepare the organization and do what they need to do. And that includes everything from end-user training because the, the end-users are still the way bad things happen most commonly. And then we need to address basic things like infrastructure management, which is 
patching and keeping operating systems up to date and making sure you have the newest antivirus on all your PCs. But what I believe is really lacking is leadership around this security issue outside of IT. So the, the CIO understands the issue. The CISO certainly understands the issue. But we're not seeing the CEOs and the CFOs and the chief nursing officers engaged in ways that would, would allow the CISO or the CIO to elevate and escalate this and get the priorities that we would expect to see. I know when I was a CIO at every board meeting, there was a financial report, and that was because money was important to the board. There was always a quality report, and that was because patient care and quality was important. What I don't see at board meetings today is a security report where people are presenting to the board their risk assessments, the events that have occurred, what they're doing to, to stop those incidents and manage those incidents and how they're training the staff to deal with those things. So I, I think the CISO and the CIO need to work to elevate this issue because it isn't just an IT issue. It isn't just a security issue. We look at Hollywood Presbyterian and talk about the fact that they paid the ransom, and while lots of people are objecting to that, it says we, they make the industry a bigger target when you pay, they didn't pay to get their machines back. They didn't pay to get data back. Ostensibly, that's what they paid for, but the hospital made that decision because they couldn't take care of their patients. They couldn't treat people who were in their care for illnesses and for health issues they were having, and that is way different than an IT or security problem. This is now the core business of the provider. And so we've now changed the game here because it isn't a CEO saying, you security guys go solve that problem for me. It impacts the core business of the hospital, and we're going to have to have their involvement to solve the security problem. Thanks, David. I've been speaking to David Finn. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.